Good morning, everybody. Let's all stand together. We're going to lift up our voices as we sing. Lift high the name of Jesus. Lift high the name of Jesus, of Jesus, our King. Make known the power of His grace, the beauty of His peace. Remember how His mercy reached, and we cried out to Him. He lifted us to solid ground, to freedom from our sin. We travel this song for I'm part of the family, the family of God. You will notice we say brother and sister around here. It's because we're a family and these folks are so dear. When one has a heartache, we all share the tears. And rejoice in each victory in this family so dear. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by His blood. Join us with Jesus as we travel this song. For I'm part of the family. The family of God. From the door of an orphanage to the house of the king. No longer an outcast, a new song I sing. From rags unto riches, from the weak to the strong. I'm not worthy to be here, but praise God I belong. And I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by His blood. Join us with Jesus as we travel this song.
Boy, it's good to be in the Lord's house. It's good to be a part of the family of God. Blessing to see each and every one of you this morning for worship. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Look out here. I see Gordon's got his whole family's packed a pew Sunday back here with the, the Dobson family. Would you open us in prayer, please? Heavenly Father, it is truly a blessing and a privilege to be able to join together as a family to come before your throne and worship you this morning. We thank you for this wonderful opportunity that you give us. We thank you that we can be a part of each other's lives and support each other, not only here, but also look forward to the time when we can rejoice with you in our eternal home together with your family. We pray that you bless this time with, uh, with us now and that uh, you once again speak to our hearts and open up our hearts and minds to hear what you would have to say to us. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I 
Would you please stand together? We're going to lift up our voices as we sing the solid rock and then how great is our God. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest friend, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, flawless to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. The splendor of the King. And all the 
Thank you very much, Billy Joe. King of kings forever. The Lord is there for us. Book of Hebrews tells us he never leaves us nor forsakes us. We are reminded of his presence in our life all the time. This morning, I'm actually going to preach to you about miracles. Miracles happen around us all the time, don't they? When I was a kid, uh, myself and some other teenagers, we used to go ahead and rent the ice skate arena in Worcester, Massachusetts, and we would go and play hockey. We enjoyed watching hockey, enjoyed playing hockey, and uh, we used to joke about that, you know, every once in a while we would go to a hockey game and a fight would break out, or you'd go to the fights and a hockey game would break out. (laughs) It was part of the allure as a teenager. Miracles all around us all the time. Things happen that sometimes we don't expect. This week, Sandra Joe and I, we took our little twins to field days. And uh, Sandy, she's got a little cart, and she can't really go in with his animals anymore. Uh, I'm a little surprised she can be around the twins because they can be quite a pair of animals themselves, <laughs> but, but she's okay, she's not allergic to them. But um, so she's, she's driving her little cart and I took the boys into the little, um, the kids barn down below. And so we went down through and I brought them all the way down through and we're looking at the chicks and the rabbits and the, you name it, they're petting the goats and the pigs and all that kind of stuff. We had a great time and couldn't get all the way through the whole barn because the, there was, they were harnessing up the mini horses to go out and do the do the the wagon there through with the mini horses so I didn't go all the way down through and came out and then I was meeting with Sandra Joe chatting talking making phone calls catching up the whole deal and the, the little minis had gone out and they'd gone around and just about then we saw that the the mini horses had broken into a run and Barbara who was on the horses she fell off the the carriage and Sandra Joe was, we were both standing right there at the, the entry coming into the barn. And I had just thought about taking the twins and going into the entry to see the last part that we hadn't seen. And I thought, ah, no, that's okay. And so I'm standing there with Sandra Joe, and the horses came right down around. And they're coming right at her because she's sitting on the cart. So I grabbed her in the cart and pulled her over. And the horses ran right into the barn where all the people were. And I thought to myself, oh man. So Barbara was just a little ways off and she got up and was walking. I thought, wow. I mean, she's an elderly lady and she, no damage other than being scuffed up a bit. And the horses ran into the little kid's barn. I thought surely there were serious injuries. No serious injuries. That's a miracle. And I'm serious. There were a lot of people in there, a lot of children, a lot of elderly people, people like me. You know, (laughs) that thing came charging in there. I figured for sure there was going to be serious injuries. Not one. Miracles happen around us all the time. Where for whatever reason, God reaches down or his angels intervene. We see it all the time. 
I joke to you about the hockey game. You know, you, you go to a fight and a hockey game breaks out. Title of my message this morning is, They went to a wedding and a miracle broke out. So look with me to John chapter 2. And I'm going to read to you verses 1 down through 11. And we're going to see the Lord Jesus Christ, his mom, his disciples, the community. They're all gathered together in a place and a miracle is going to happen. Look with me at the text, if you would. And the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, they have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone, after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus saith unto them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. And the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was. But the servants which drew the water knew. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom and saith unto him, every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. They went to a wedding and a miracle broke out. Nobody went to that wedding that day expecting to see a miracle or be part of a miracle. They were just doing what communities do. When we look at this, it's encouraging to see that the Lord Jesus Christ was at the wedding. Because we live in a day and an age today where they're discouraging marriage. They're discouraging weddings. Jesus went. In fact, when you look at the text, it says, On the third day there was a marriage in Cana to Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Mary was there. Both Jesus was called and his disciples were there at the marriage. Jesus' disciples, mom, it's a whole gathering of community people and Jesus and his clan too. You and I, we live in an odd time, a strange time. We were just talking about it in Sunday school this morning, the Bible hour, how that all the statistics say that people who are married and really work at their marriages, they're happier statistically than people who are not married. Statistically, people who are married, work on their marriage, have a healthy marriage, are more financially stable than other peoples in our society. In fact, Statistically, they say that people live longer who are in a stable marriage, a happy marriage throughout their life. You and I, who are married, Sandra Joe and I have been married 45 years. 45 years! Is that even possible? I think I'm only about 45 years old. And we've had good times, we've had hard times. We've worked through scary times and, and happy times. That's life, isn't it? 
We've worked through times where she was my secretary for 17 years. I fired her sometimes. She quit sometimes. But every night when we came to supper, we'd make up. But you know, here we find the Lord. He's going to something that is common. It's common. Becoming more rare today, and I'm telling you right now, it should not be. You need to teach your boys and girls. Book of Hebrews says that marriage is honorable. We should not be ashamed to promote that which is healthy, good, biblical, wholesome. Marriage. Christ is there. The community is there. Mom is there. This is a part of their society. It's like you and I going to the grocery store. They're never expecting there's going to be a miracle there. But miracles can happen anywhere, anytime. God can reach down and intervene. Listen to what transpires as we come down. Verse 2, I'm going to read down through verse 4. It says, And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. And his mother said to the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. It's not that Jesus didn't understand what Mary was asking. He did. But a lot is unsaid here, isn't there? Mary simply says to Jesus, Jesus, I don't know what's happened to this outfit here, but the, the beverage, there's no beverage. And Jesus says to Mary, oh, come on, Mom. It's not my time. It's not time yet. It's not time for me to start doing these miracles. It's yet, it's not quite yet. And nothing else is said. That's kind of family, isn't it? It's interesting when you look in the Bible. You know, people try to make out all kinds of things that the Bible is an ancient blah, blah, blah. They try to degrade it. Listen, the Bible is about real people, real lives, real things. And here you see a little interaction between a mom and her son. Few words are said, but there is an understanding here. Mom really wants him to intervene. And she knows he can. And it's up to him what he's going to do. But the very interesting thing is what Mary says to the servants. That's, that's interesting. Because as she's walking away, she simply says to the servants, do whatever he says. Enough said. And you and I as parents, you and I as boys and girls, you and I as children with parents, sometimes little is much. It shouldn't be that we always need everything to go ahead and do what we think mom and dad wants us to do. Sometimes it's nice to just know to do and do it. Amen? And that's exactly what we see take place here with Mary and Jesus. Jesus is going to respond. He's going to respond to his mom because it, she's his mom. He loves his mom. And he's going to do something to just be good to mom. 
He could have started his miracles at any time, but he chose to start it that day. Even though it was a little bit early, he thought to himself, that's ah, for mom. And he does it. That's a nice thing. We could learn a little from Jesus here, couldn't we? You know, maybe, maybe in the back of your head, you've been thinking to yourself, boy, it's been a while since I called mom. You need to do it. It's been a little while since I took dad out to dinner. Take him to a nice place and do it. <laughs> Family is really important. And here we just get a moment's glimpse, just a moment of looking into the window of their life. And we see this transpire. It is interesting when she says to the servants, do what, do what he says. Whatsoever he saith unto you, do. And it tells us in verse 6, And there were set there six water pots of stone, after the uh, manner of the purifying of the Jews was, containing two or three firkins apiece. So as these people were coming to this wedding feast, there were stone pitchers there. Those pitchers were there to draw water from for them to cleanse themselves to come into the feast, to come into the event. And they had been drawn down, two or three firkins. A firkin is about seven and a half gallons. So there's two or three firkins there. We're looking at around 20 plus gallons of capacity in these stone jars. It's always so interesting to see when uh, archaeologists go ahead and find a, a new place, a new tomb, or a new cavity as they're ex excavating there in the Middle East. And they come across, if you've ever seen it, huge stone jars. And that's what he's talking about here. And Jesus simply looks over at those stone jars. And what does he say to them? He says, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. When Jesus asks us to do something, we should do it all the way. And I'm serious about that. If you feel moved by the Holy Spirit to do something, if God stirs you to do something for him, don't shortchange the Lord. Don't go ahead and say to him, well, you know, I don't know, Lord, boy, I'm really busy. I, I... These servants, they don't go and say to the Lord, well, do you mean to hear? Do you mean to hear? What do you mean, Jesus? Come show me. No, they fill it to the top. And you and I in our spiritual lives, we should look for God to do miracles to the top. I look out here and I, I see Haley's little baby sitting right there. And he's watching me preach. He's taking it in. There's a miracle to the top. Amen? All around us, there are miracles that take place. And I, I know secular society is going to say to you, that's not a miracle. Listen, every baby born is a miracle as far as I'm concerned. God is breathing the breath of life into a human being, and they are a living soul that will live forevermore. That is a miracle. You and I, we need to step back and just look at how God provides. Right to the top, these guys fill it to the top. You and I should look and see how God fills our blessings to the top. 
That's what's taking place here. Look at what transpires as he comes down through. Verse 7, Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. And the ruler of the feast had tasted the water, that it was made wine. God had gone ahead, Jesus had gone ahead, and he had transformed this common water into what the Greek calls oinos. And in the Greek language, that can either be alcoholic or non-alcoholic juice. So it can be wine as alcoholic, or it can be Welch's grape juice. In fact, oinos is used even in the Greek language to mean things as paste, grape paste. Middle Easterners, they would go ahead and they would crush their grapes down. They would evaporate the water out. They would turn it into a paste and they would store it. And then they would use that paste in a 20 to 1 mix. And they would make grape juice. They didn't call it grape juice. They called it oinos. So here we find Jesus miraculously transformed this water, filled to the top of those firkin jars, and he goes ahead and he produces a fine beverage for the wedding that day. It was a miracle. It was a miracle that was unexpected. It was a miracle that was a little bit out of time, according to Jesus. He says, it's not my time yet. Now, the interesting thing is, when you and I pick up our Bibles, this text us, tells us in verse 11, this is the beginning of the miracles Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. This is the beginning of his miracles. Now, there are those who debate that. There are those who say, well, no, 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 no. I think if you go into the Catholic Bible, if you look, there are miracles there in the Apocrypha of Jesus when he was an infant. In fact, they have a miracle where he's in the arms of Mary and dragons are flying around and Jesus leapt out of his mother's arms and he casts the dragons away. He says, fear not, for although I am only an infant, it must needs be that all the wild beasts should grow tame in my presence. Another miracle that they attribute to Christ is that his family entered into Egypt and 355 idols fell down and bowed down as they carried the child Jesus into Egypt. The problem with that is the Bible clearly says this is the beginning of Jesus' miracles. Jesus himself said, my time's not yet come for me to do these miracles. But you know what? Mary knew who Jesus was. Even though all these witch uh, um, dragon stories and, and idol stories, even, those, even though those are not part of the, the real Bible, and I don't believe they ever took place, Jesus knew in his heart, and Mary knew in her heart who he was. In fact, look with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 2, verse 19. Because it's important for us to understand that that relationship between Mary and Jesus was pretty special. She was mom. She'd been there from the beginning. Look with me at Luke chapter 2, verse 19. But Mary kept all these things, all these sayings, all these events that went, 
on and she pondered them in her heart. So from the time that Jesus was born, beforehand, when the angels spoke to Mary, Mary pondered in her heart these things about her son. Look with me at Luke chapter 2, verse 33. You come down and it says, And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of Jesus. Isn't that what moms and dads do? Don't we watch our children and we learn from what they're doing and what they're saying and how they're behaving? We look and we note the things that go on around them. Look with me at Luke chapter 2 verse 51. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. And his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. Mary knew exactly who Jesus was. The angels had foretold. She understood completely. And so that day, as she looks at this circumstance in her community, and there's a need, she decides that she's going to reach out to Jesus and simply say a few words. They have no wine. She knew he was fully capable. Just as you and I know, he is fully capable. Now he says to her, my time is not yet. And she doesn't argue back with him. Neither should we. We should learn to just trust that God is able. And God does do according to his will. He's sovereign God. We're not. We don't demand God to do this or that. He's not a genie in a bottle or a, a lamp. He's God who we go to in a relationship and we say, Lord, here's my need, here's my circumstance. And that's exactly what Mary did. But Mary believed and understood who he was. And this is the beginning of the miracles. These obedient servants are going to experience the full blessing of God. In fact, go down with me. Let's look a little bit farther down at what transpires in verse 8 on down. And he saith unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. They brought it unto the governor of the feast. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom over. And he said, every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. Thou hast kept the good oinos. The good juice for now could be, I believe it was non-alcoholic. And I, I'm going to read to you a text why I believe it's non-alcoholic. When you go back into the Old Testament... There's a verse in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 15. And how many of us think Jesus knew the Bible? Jesus knew the Bible. He's God in the flesh. He inspired it to be. Do you think he knew Habakkuk 2.15? It said, Woe unto him that giveth his neighbor drink, that puttest the bottle to him, and makest him drunken also. Now, you might say to me, well, you have a pastor. There's nothing saying that at this wedding with 20 plus gallons of wine that anybody got drunk. Now, I did not grow up in a Christian home. I grew up in a secular home. And so I went to many weddings with my parents growing up where they had what's called an open bar. 
Have you ever been to something that has an open bar? And so if you're going to tell me he made 20 plus gallons of alcoholic wine and gave it to all the neighbors, that's an open bar. And I don't think Jesus would do that. I think he knew Habakkuk. I think he knew the scriptures that say that when the juice moves about, don't touch it, stay away. I am pretty strongly a teetotaler. I've seen all that alcohol can do, and I'm not thinking Jesus promoted that. That's your pastor's opinion. Based upon the fact that they use the word oinos here, which can be concluded both ways. But as we look at this, we see that the Lord is part of this event in the community, and they are blessed. What does the governor of the feast say? He says, wow, most people, they, they give the best first, and then it kind of gets worse as you go on down. It's kind of like at camp. This week, we're going to go ahead and, and we'll put on the tables, we'll put, you know, a lemonade and iced tea. And once they, bam, consume all the lemonade and iced tea, do you know what goes on the table? Water. Oh, preacher, what a cheapskate. No, they need to drink water. Right? Help support me in that. Yeah. And so here we find the same thing. He's saying, you know what? When they first get there and everybody sits down, they get the best of the best. But when they start going up for seconds and thirds and fourths, it's kind of coming to the bottom of the barrel. And the governor says, not the case today. Look at that. When Jesus intervenes, man, it's the best of the best. We are blessed. Today we heard the song about the king. The King of Kings, the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we will but let him bless us, if we will but let him touch us in our lives, if we will but let him do those miracles he desires to do, we will see how he gives us nothing but the best. God's blessings always work for our best. Now, you may say to yourself, well, I don't know, uh, Pastor, I've had some tough times. And you're exactly right. Life does have many tough times. And this feast, when they started out, and there was no beverage, there was no wine. Don't, I want you to imagine with me, you're a guest at a great big event, and somebody says, I need a drink. And somebody says, there's nothing to drink. You're saying, are you kidding? I just ate a falafel. <laughs> and there's no drink? I just, had, I just had a lamb kebab. I'm sorry. A goat kebab. And there's no drink? It was probably getting a little stressful there. But Jesus intervened. And they got the best of the best. There are stressful times in our lives. There are hard times in our lives. There are difficult things that come up. But we have to look to him to take us through. To walk us through that valley. To help us to get to the other side. To see how that his hand is at work. 
I will guarantee you, if you and I were to sit down and talk to the folks with the little mini horse and the mini cart, that was not a fun time when that thing broke loose and came and ran into the barn. That was, that was stressful, frightening, everything about it. But when you look at the miracle that nobody was injured other than some scrapes and bruises, I'm telling you, I thought people were going to die. When you look at the miracle of that, all the stress fades away when you say, thank you, Lord, for your watchful care. Miracles happen all around us. Are there tough things that come into life? Absolutely. Are there frightening and hard times? Absolutely. But we have to learn to trust just like Mary did with Jesus. It doesn't take many words to reach out to Christ. He knows our heart. And we know our Lord. He says, my children know my voice. And I know theirs. And you and I, just as Mary, there are those times when we just simply tell him, Lord, here's the situation, and I need to let it be. And we let him do what he does. Father in heaven, as we go forth from this place, I pray for you to be with us, guide us, direct us, watch over us. And Lord, we thank you for every miracle you've ever done in our lives, and the greatest miracle of all, of all is paying for our sin that we might have eternal life. Please be with the churches that are gathering this afternoon and doing youth camp throughout the week. Please help us to have safety. Watch over each boy and girl. And Lord, I pray for your Holy Spirit to stir hearts. That we would see children receive Christ. See children make spiritual decisions. See young people surrender for the ministry to do your work. We just look for your Holy Spirit to do the miraculous work you do in hearts. We thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. To God be the glory, great things he has done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son. dismissed this morning.